Hey everyone. Hello. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy almost new year. How is everyone? Tell me in the chat. How are we all feeling after this holiday weekend and last week of craziness? Before we jump in, tell me in the chat. <sighs> I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Like every week between Christmas and New Year's, it feels like it's not real life. Like I can't even describe it. It's been my whole life. It's been that way. It's like weirdly lazy and festive, but not. And also I'm excited for summer to be here. So getting my bearings during this week, this year I'm, I'm repackaging it to myself as it's a reset week, not just a week that I feel out of it, but it's like a reset week for the year. Um, I'm excited to do some planning for what I'm going to do with you guys this year. Um, and I'm just really, yeah, vibing out this week. Second day wearing this sweatshirt, a gift from the lovely Juliana, um, and ready to do this Zoom. Day late, day late, but better than never. My chat is blank. I know you guys did something this weekend. So how are you? How was the weekend? How are you feeling today? Tell me in the chat. I would not recommend watching Babylon. I don't know what that is, but I will take your word for it. <laughs> um, and now I am really uh, so depressing. Yeah, I'm not intrigued. I don't want to know. I'll never forget the time that Nick let me pick what movie we went to go see. And for some reason, I chose A Fault in Our Stars. And I left and I felt like I paid somebody to just beat the shit out of me. And then I was like, why do people make movies like that? Like, like, why do people make such sad friggin' movies? Why do we watch it? <laughs> you know? Oh, but yeah, no, I can't do sad movies. So Babylon's getting crossed off the list. Thank you for that. Trying to get organized. It's overwhelming. Oh, well, uh, text me the specifics of it. But remember, when everything becomes overwhelming, it's usually because it's a mismanagement of the urgency. So if you feel like everything has to be done right away, if you feel like you're behind, like all those feelings are actually larger than the deadlines to get the things done typically, typically, you should say. So shoot me a message on the specifics, but I don't know if that helps you deep breaths and think, okay, I just got to start with one thing. I just got to think of what's due the soonest, you know, and just try to get moving and then momentum will take over. Overwhelm is usually just here. Um, and there's a good brain camp video on that. If you need a refresher too, because I definitely get overwhelmed this time of year is ripe for that. All right. So I hope you guys aren't feeling this quiet for the rest of this zoom, but today is going to be a little bit more discussional. Like I said, um, we're going to go over body image and we're going to go over the urgency that is, it's just in the atmosphere and social media and amongst conversations with each other is all about weight loss this time of year. And I know that can be really frustrating for those of us who have weight issues due to illness. You know, it's not because you sit around eating fucking bonbons all day. It's because you literally have an illness. So it doesn't make it any easier when society's perceived image of health has to do with weight loss. Um, and their image of the holidays has to do with like being gluttonous and indulging and everything. So it's almost like you're expected, especially if you were assigned female at birth, you're expected to get your thinnest now and start a new year off right. And it's just a bunch of bullshit, right? But 
you could be doing CCA for years now and we're not, we're not impenetrable by that kind of stuff when we're surrounded. So even if you are typically confident, if you've been feeling this creep in a little bit more, or you're like, no, I need all the freaking body image help I can get. This is going to be a good one. All right. But I want you guys to try and interact as I'm telling you this stuff, because I think that will gear the conversation to be a little bit more specific to what's needed. Okay. So let's dive in. So I, first off, I wrote this point here. And as I tell you guys, I get kind of like keyed up as I write. Um, and with my ADHD, if something kind of poignant pops in, I just jot it down. My notes are a real hoot, but I wrote this point here. It's kind of sick that as adults, we feel that attractiveness and health is in the eyes of other people who don't live in our body, right? And they get to call all the shots. And I wrote below that doctors with like a vomiting face because when doctors make you feel bad for having excess weight, like for what they decide is excess, it's rooted in attraction. How weird is that to think about? It's not about health at all. It's not about blood work. It's not about real proven reasons why weight equals unhealthy. It's usually the thing that causes the weight is the reason that you're feeling unhealthy, you know, that that's happening, that you're unhealthy. But the weight is blamed instead. And I think it has a lot to do with appearance. It has a lot to do with the way um, those who, you know, assign female at birth, how they carry themselves and all of that. And I think that that's gross because that's that doctor's fat shaming interpretation that they're taking all of this clout that they have and, and hope that we put in them and they're turning it into something about how healthy we quote unquote look when, you know, I was talking with someone who um, lost like 30 pounds within, I was like a, maybe a month because they had cancer. And when they went to their doctor, their doctor praised them. They were going there because they're like, what's happening to me? What, what is going on? I feel terrible. I'm, this is like, it, what is going on? And, you know, it's alarming. And they were met with excitement by a medical professional. And I just think of that and like gives me the chills thinking about that. And it's gross. It has to do with freaking attraction. Other people look at somebody, if they seem attractive because they're fit, they think that they're healthy, but that person could be on freaking, you know, have a steady diet of uppers for all we know, right? Like, it's not about any of that. So, and then I wrote here, but such is life. So how do we unpack it? Because we could talk about how this is all bullshit till we're blue in the face. When we get out there in the real world and you're encountered with people that like seemingly have never thought about anything like this it's still frustrating and upsetting. So tell me your thoughts on that point in the chat. As you're hearing that, as you've all had your own experiences throughout weight as a symptom with this stuff, what do you feel hearing about that? Because like I could get re-enraged every time I think about that appointment. It's heartbreaking. These are possibly doctors that are seeing like family doctors and stuff. There's people that, that have generations of people visiting that doctor that have that same old antiquated, terrible perception. It brings up all the experiences I've had with doctors. Yeah, it's gross. Um, frustration knowing that's how a lot of people in our society think. Yeah, 
And, you know, we could want to try and change other people's perception. But if there's one thing I've learned is that we have to manage our own energy. And I don't think that it'll never change. I think that we're a lot farther along now than we were years ago. And the parents that screwed us over into having the body images issues that we have, right? Like we're better off than they are, right? So it is getting better. But I think that if we try to think of it as something to change or fix, that it gets so exhausting and hopeless feeling. But if we focus on managing our own energy to be impenetrable to all of this perception from society, we can't change overnight or help, right? Then that is tangible. That feels doable, right? Is to say, I could put my effort towards making myself secure in all this situation, whatever the fuck society thinks, feels a lot more doable than changing how society thinks. And enough of us doing that inevitably changes the way society thinks because people become more aware. Every time I tell people, and this, this quote comes up in the end in my notes again, every time I tell people, the less you give a shit about losing weight, the more weight you will lose. They are annoyed, they're intrigued, they're whatever. But I know that we leave, they leave that conversation at least with the seed that it's not all what it seems. And enough of that can make an impact, but for whatever impact that does, it's not our job. All we can do is guard our energy and our lived experience here, you know, while we, while we are here. Um, my orthorexia and purging was fed by compliments. Absolutely. Absolutely. I cringe when I hear weight loss compliments. I really do. And when I was growing up, that is all I wanted. I would make myself as sick as I had to, to just hopefully have somebody notice that I lost weight or that I look good or something. It's, it's heartbreaking. When I got the pathology back from my, oh my God, I'm not going to say this right. Orphorectomy, orphorectomy. Sorry. And it said that my ovaries were filled with cysts. I wanted to go back to all the doctors and say, I told you so. Huh. You know, and why are doctors in that position for us to feel like we can go back for that? You know what I mean? Like, that's not what they're hired to do. They're supposed to look at everything. Like, they're supposed to be ahead of it and like understand and work with us to get healthy. It's just, it is sad. It's sad. And I'm proud of all of you because you being here, wanting to change how you feel about it, that's the number one thing. You know, even being on the Zoom because you're curious enough to hear about it is impactful to you, to the people around you, to how you carry yourself. And, you know, kids pick up on that too. Like you picked probably how many of us picked up on our parents' body image issues. So I'm really proud of everyone here. But it starts with us realizing that people's fucked up feelings about our bodies has nothing to do with us and we cannot change them, at least not quickly. So we got to focus on us. And if we do that, them seeing us thriving, living our lives, who knows who, who that could impact, you know? But I wrote here, the number, the reasons we feel like thin would be a salvation. Okay, I'm going to list a couple, of, a couple off here at five that I'm going to list off. And I want you guys to tell me as you're hearing them, I want you to tell me if it hits home for you, okay? So number one is what I was saying, people's judgment. The reasons why thin would be a salvation. One, people's judgment. We don't have to deal with it anymore, right? Number two, perceived health. 
easy doctor appointments, people not thinking we're unhealthy because we are fat, right? Like, oh my God, what a, what a friggin' vacation from life that would be. Number three, we feel it represents doing more things and not being sick. We equate our weight to our capacity. And we equate it to like the more weight I have, more weight issues I have, like the less I want to do, the sicker I feel when really it's just timing. The weight is a symptom, like the fatigue is a symptom, but we equate the two of them together. And weight is always the the culprit. Number four, we feel it's more attractive, quote unquote. Number five, I guess these are kind of an elaboration on that, but we feel more tidy or pulled together. What can you guys relate to from this list here? Tell me what hit home for you? What have you experienced these things? People's judgment, perceived health, representing doing more things and not being sick. We feel it's attractive. We feel more tidy. These reasons for thin being like the ultimate goal or like weight loss being the ultimate goal. Why, what do you, which of these do you feel like you've personally experienced? Shit, I feel like all of them. You know, like I, I've definitely been on the side of feeling gross and unkempt. You know, I definitely feel on the side of being, you know, feeling like oh, I'm such a, like, I'm so lazy. I'm such a slob. Oh my God. My favorite. I have so much excess weight on my feet. Makes no sense anatomically what's whatsoever. Um, you know, I blamed the weight for the illness because I, I got diagnosed after I gained weight. So I, I didn't, the, the energy that I could have put into thinking about the illness, I just put on weight. You know, I see here. Um, yes, the weight equation is wild. I think I've made myself feel worse just assuming that I couldn't move or exercise well because of the weight I put on and that I'm not doing enough, right? We blame it all on weight. We blame it all on how we're not looking the way we want to look, how we have excess, you know, like pudge we can grab in places, how we don't look like other people in certain pictures or in real life, you know? we just compare and compare and we don't stop and enter illness into the equation easily. And if you do this time of year, it's very hard to, I don't know if this ever happens to you guys. It's like when you're doing well for a long time, you like feel like I should be able to just lose weight. Like, yeah. And it kind of, you fall back into old patterns. You almost gaslight yourself into thinking that you still got issues, you know? So Worrying about people thinking I was lazy was a problem I've had for a long time. Mm -hmm. I totally can relate to the tidy part. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you guys, does anyone know this movie? Do you remember Roseanne Barr? <laughs> what, a, what a weird lady. But Roseanne Barr um, did a movie called She Devil. Oh, it was such a good trashy, like early 90s movie. So if you do feel like watching it, I highly recommend. It's very entertaining. Meryl Streep is in it. I love me some Meryl Streep. But anyway, Rosie O'Donnell in that, like I'll never forget, um, not Rosie O'Donnell, oh my God, uh, Roseanne Barr. <laughs> Roseanne Barr represented this image to me of like this gross fat lady wife, like this bad wife. Like, and it stemmed from my own perception because I was always a heavy child. Like I 
when I was diagnosed with type one at seven and I went from being super thin to being like just continuing to gain weight all the way up until my Hashimoto's and PCOS diagnosis in my like early teens. Um, I had my period at like nine, you know, so like I, so I was hairy too. I had, you know, it was like, I got hit puberty, like felt like two years earlier than everybody else. So I already had this image in my head of like the gross slovenly looking lady, you know? And like, that was the image I was desperately afraid of ever represent representing. And I felt like every, when I like, I had to shop in like the women's department. I couldn't even fit into like the little kids, like cute age appropriate stuff. I felt, I always joke that I was business casual from the age of 10 because like, and you know, I just, I had that comparison. So I pitted myself against myself for a very long time because not once throughout all of that, did I really take it seriously that this isn't a symptom of an illness. I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for any of this, you know? Um, and it's just kind of sick. I was allowed to feel that way growing up. It was, uh, there was a movie about it. You know, it's, that's why I felt that way. So it's just terrible when you think about it, that image of lazy or untidy, you know? So none of it's true. Mostly feeling gross. Like for example, maybe I wouldn't sweat so much even though when I was smaller body, I still sweat a lot. Yes, I think that is another part of it. Like you know, that like gross, like just intrusive figure, like you're just out here taking up space and sweating, you know, and it's just like, none of that's true. It's just this horrible image that not just ourselves, but like society experiences, shitty people, whatever have built in our brain and we are making it come alive. It's very hard to think of that. I blamed my weight for the illness. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I see, and this goes back to the Minnesota starvation experiment. I, it, I could talk about that all day, but it goes back to that. I have so many clients with adrenal PCOS now later in their lives as a result of intense dieting and weight loss pursuit for years on end. I have tons of clients with adrenal PCOS who were athletes. It didn't even, they didn't think of it as unhealthy. They were in sports all throughout school. They went to college and they were like intent, intensely working out every day and they burnt themselves out that way. Um, you know, there's so many things that because of this image of how bad and how vilified weight is, we just fuck ourselves over, <laughs> you know, or ugh, it's so it's, so sad. I feel so honored to be at this point able to change these, these tides with you guys. That's why I'm so proud of you all. But a lot of us are cut from the same cloth in this regard. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. When I use my scooter or walker, I wonder if people are thinking I'm using them because of the weight. And that you have the added bonus of like, if people are just looking at you, like, you know, I don't know, like if you had a, a leg missing, maybe they'd feel it was justified for your age. But I remember like um, every time, not, not we're anywhere near the same, but getting wheelchair service through the uh, airport, you know, like people look at you like dirty, like, like, ugh, you know, and I couldn't imagine literally needing that to just enjoy the same things that those people are able to enjoy every day because of an illness you never asked for and just be met with this perception. Um, I would hope that most people don't feel that way, but I'd be lying if I said that that's not possible. You know, it's a shitty world. 
And people who've never experienced the same hardships have a very hard time with empathy generally. Everyone needs shrooms. That's my, that's my thought. <laughs> Get some empathy. <laughs> but it's fucked up. I remember thinking like I, the first time I got wheelchair assistance, I was like, I should hike up my pants so that everyone can see how badly broken out my legs are with psoriasis. And then maybe they can think that I just like have some kind of thing. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm just trying to like get through the airport without having my like, you know, neck friggin' have issues the entire flight and then be miserable the three days that I get there, you know? People have no idea. Oh, I thought sweating was something bad. Yeah, no, we sweat to regulate our body temperature. Ex excessive sweating can happen from hormone imbalance. It can happen from estrogen imbalance, androgen imbalance. You know, it is, it's a real thing. Um, my ass is always freezing cold from lovely Hashimoto's, but sweating is definitely a hormonal symptom. Hyperhidrosis, hyperhidrosis is the technical term. And I think it sounds way cooler than sweating. But <laughs> I feel like we aren't taught to have patience with our bodies. Absolutely not. Especially if you ain't got nothing dangling between your legs, right? Like, you know, you gotta be thin. You can't be a fat girl. It's just messed up. It's messed up. We do this to kids, which is gross to think about, right? And like, oh, I want them to have a happier life. How many parents, I, how many clients I've talked to whose parents said that kind of shit? Like, I'm just trying to make it so that you have an easier time in life and you aren't picked on. I wasn't allowed to be a friggin' cheerleader because my parents didn't want anyone to make fun of me in the uniform. You know, it's just, it's messed up. Of course, there's no, never any patience or acceptance with our bodies. We are meant to be attractive right out the gate. Gross. So I grew up in a home where being sick was weakness and seen as lazy. Absolutely. That's a big thing culturally too. Like in Greece, I'll never forget my grandpa telling me to hide my pump. Like, hide, like, don't let people see that I had an insulin pump because, and, and like, he wasn't like embarrassed necessarily. He just knew that the perception was that I was ill, that I wasn't well, that it was like a bad thing that I, I you know, I shouldn't, it was a weakness, a vulnerability, um, damaged goods kind of thing. And it's messed up. <laughs> it's just so messed up. Unfortunately, it happens everywhere. Um, and then, you know, growing up, it was the same thing. Like my grandparents were, my one grandma loved when we ate, like the one that I did mind your bite about. Oh my God. She was in heaven when we were eating. She loved it. And my other grandma would actually ration out my mother's food growing up, like by the spoonful, because if she looked a little fat that week, she'd get less spoonfuls. What? Like, you know, imperfect people reproduce. That's, that's it. You know? All right. So I want to know, I mentioned the seed before, the seed of thought. So for the ones that hit home for you or whatever you're feeling inside that, that you relate to, I want to know, what do you think the first seed was? The first seed of this thought that sprouted and how you viewed yourself. Can you try and, and pin that to a singular moment or memory? Tell me in the chat. What was the seed for that thought? Where did it begin? Where did it sprout from? Back is so tight. Ooh, did you guys hear that one? My silicone be cracking. <laughs> so, um, okay. 
comparing myself in a bathing suit to my cousins. That's so hard. You know, what do you think um, in that moment when you were comparing yourself to your cousins in a bathing suit, what do you think made it so that you wanted to look the same? Because in kids, like unless someone straight out told you look bad, sometimes we want to look the same as and we just figure out that it's bad if we don't. Was it one or the other? Like, did someone tell you that it was bad? Did they say something or did you just feel like I don't blend? As you're typing, I'm going to check out the next comment. Hearing my dad scream at my mom in a drunken rage that I was obese. I'm so sorry. I felt like when I looked in the mirror, I didn't recognize myself. So I just made, it just made me feel bad. Like, wow, how did I let myself get this bad? Where do you think the seed of the thought of it being something to let yourself get? Where do you think that seed came from? Because, you know, what, by asking seeds, like, Mo, hearing your dad scream at this, you know, there's not really a, that, that, that is a seed, <laughs> you know, like that is the seed. There's not, it, that, if there was nothing deeper than that, then that's as deep as it needs to be, you know, it's fucked up, <laughs> it's going to stick. But I feel like with the um, not recognizing yourself, where do you, and similar with the bathing suit with the cousins, where's the seed for that, for it being bad or being something you let go wrong or whatever. I gained 20 pounds in third grade because I had a crazy stressful teacher. I remember crying in my bathroom because I was fat. Yeah. And I bet at the time you didn't think it was because you had a, a super stressful teacher. I bet at the time you thought like you were just bad. You were just behaving bad. Like you just did something wrong. There's something gross about you, you know, in third grade. Oh my God. I wish I could like hug everyone as kids. Weird, but I do. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I always knew I was fat. It's something I was a descriptive word used for me. Then I bet you that seed was planted so long ago that you probably can't even remember it. Like you probably heard someone call someone fat and knew that it was a negative and, you know, and then tied it together to be like, well, here we go. Look at this cross. I got a bear in life, you know, comparison to how I fit when I did yoga, how fit I was when I did yoga was basically starving myself, right? So capacity, right? Because when your body shuts down, the reason that it's you're gaining weight is because the thing that gave you the energy to do all of that is also what was causing you to regulate your metabolism. When that's taking a hit, so will the energy. So we relate the two. I think that's, that's a perfect seed. Having the you didn't see that you were starving yourself. You saw that you were capable. You saw that you were, you were fit, quote unquote, that you were you know, doing things that now you were not, or now you didn't feel comfortable to do. So it was related to size. Um, Beth, her suit had cutouts on the side and mine didn't. I was probably something my grandmother said. Family's always there for the great, you know, input. But I remember that really, I relate to that so much. I remember seeing cousins that wore like sexy bathing suits, but not sexy, like showy sexy, just like modern with cutouts with, you know, cool straps and stuff like that. Maybe it was a two piece, you know, or a really cool one piece with a low back or something, or, you know, the leg cut high enough that, and they didn't have anything sticking out below the leg cut, you know, like all that. And it's, I remember asking my mom, like why I had to wear, I asked her why I had to wear a surfer boys bathing suit. <laughs> um, I was a hoot as a kid. 
But uh, yeah, I was like, this is what fits your body. I was like, oh, Roger that, not sexy, got it. I'd say that's a seed for sure. My mom, if I had to pinpoint it from age eight, I was on a diet and taken to the pediatrician. Whew. My mom sees fat as something horrible and bad and something not to have or be. It's like, it's like having rats in the house, right? You can't have any fat in the house. Ooh, I didn't even remember that it sounded like rat, but you know, it's like treated the same way. Like that's her own insanity with weight. You know, that, that has nothing to do with weight itself or us. I know, you know that now you've worked on that a lot. But I'm proud of you, but just, oh my God, I wish I had a time machine. I really do. Just like, no offense. I'd slap some of your parents. I would, I would slap them. You know, I'm all about gentle parenting, but I'm not gentle with the parents because the shit's messed up. But my dad also used to wait outside the bathroom because he made up in his head that I was like sneaking or hiding food in there. My God, you can't even use a toilet in peace. He thought that because my ADHD ass took my plate in the bathroom one time on accident. I mean, but what is, are you, are you killing animals in there? You know, like while eating, like, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's so mind boggling to me. Um, why parents take it as a personal offense, you know, I, I think to, to a degree, it's rooted in narcissism, because if the child is an extension of the parent, and they have such a negative view of how they would be judged, if, if their child was overweight, it's all, they're not even thinking about the development of the child at that point, they're just thinking that they don't want to look like bad parents, quote unquote, it's just all of its gross. I'm so glad we're all changing this shit. Um, so, cause it's usually for seed. I wrote a little formula here. Okay. It's sometimes not always parents as much as the combos rife with parents. I've had clients that have had the friggin' wonderful upbringing with super <laughs> secure parents who never withheld food, you know, but a lot of times it's shitty parents. I'm just going to say, um, or parents who were body obsessed with, for themselves, um, classmates, partners, or peers plus diagnosis lining up with weight, plus associating fatigue and lack of motivation increasing with weight increasing, plus associating things decreasing in terms of activities and, and social events and things like that. And it all roots back to weight. So how do we fix this? If you ever wanna lose illness weight and reverse symptoms, you have to stay laser focused on one very, very important thing, creating an atmosphere for health and peace. I think that the only thing weight involved with this is the lack of peace we have with our own mental fuckery around weight. Because again, if you're doing everything healthy, like, and I'm not talking granola, granola crunchy healthy, I'm talking, you're trying your best to figure out what aggravates your body and not do that shit right? If you're doing that and you're feeling better and you're creating the atmosphere for health, you're, you know, fueling your body, you're nourishing your body, you're getting sleep. You're not, you know, on, on edge for emergency fight or flight at all times. You're not beating the shit out of yourself in the gym. You're not hating every inch of your body. You know, all of those things, like that is what's going to allow your body to be in a peaceful state to even heal. You know, if, if, if we're, creating a war zone in our head, our body is going to follow suit. If this is the command center of this whole spiel and the command center is all fucked up 
How do we expect the spiel to be all right? It's going to be fucked up too. So <clears throat> how do we stay laser, laser focused on health? Laser focused, um, but laser focused on health. Work hard about not giving a shit what you look like. I know that sounds insane. And I'm not saying to look like you live under a bridge. That don't go to extremes, you know, like not caring about calories doesn't mean you're going to go eat 5,000 calories a day forever, you know? So it's, I don't mean like look like a bridge troll. Like, I mean, have it be the last important thing in your day. Think of all the important shit you have going on. Think of all the things you got to think about and decide to take a friggin' vacation from just adding that to your plate. You know, brush your hair, you put pants on if you want, you know, stuff like that. But like the, how do I look? Do I look gross? Do I look bad? Decide that you, that that doesn't serve you because it doesn't make anything happen faster. It doesn't make us more comfortable or more motivated to do stuff to feel that way. If you know that this is a health issue, that's going to take time, then say, all right, during that time, I'm going to take a break. And I, you know, people are going to think I look shitty, whether I care that they think I look shitty or don't, whether I'm nervous about it or not. So it's kind of just an acceptance of, I look as shitty as people think I look and I can't fight that right now. So, and again, the focus is on health. I promise you, if you, if you focus on blocking out any kind of distraction from that goal of health, including mental health with weight and things like that, you're going to start to see the results that you want. You're going to start to feel the way you want to feel. You're going to see your life open up. And you know what? I guarantee you a month of making it your number one goal to not give a shit about the way you look, you will feel like amazing. You'll probably feel like you look better. You'll probably feel like you like the way you look. I swear to you, it is a crazy thing when you reprogram that constant dialogue in your head of how you're not good enough based on your size or based on how you look compared to someone else. It frees up so much space. So it's not about just saying, well, I don't feel this way anymore. In the moment, it takes that reprogramming, right? So what did I write here? Oh, I wrote here, some people lose fat, lose fast and some people lose slow. It's bodies, man. I don't know. It's how we're made up, right? I have clients who surpass me all the time. I, I lose weight super slow. It took me two and a half years to lose my weight the first time. And it wasn't just smooth and steady. It was up and down, it, you know, and then it took the pandemic came and within a few weeks, screwed me entirely. And then it took me another two years to get back to where I was. So I'm not impervious to that myself. You know, I just don't give a shit about it. And it happens again, because if it takes two years, it's going to take two years. Am I going to be miserable for two years or not? That's the real question. So, you know, and some of my clients, you know, drop 10 pounds in a month. I don't know. It's wild. There's no better or worse result. It's just what bodies do. So, um, let's see here. Oh, okay. When I say this too, I don't mean love your illness weight. I'm not telling you to embrace your back rolls and be like, thank God you're here. You know, like you can, if you want, but like, I don't need you to do that. Cause I don't think that's going to be anything you really authentically feel. 
And I think this whole body positivity movement is very gaslighting and I'm not okay with it personally. But the idea is, you know, not to walk around being like, I look fucking gorgeous. Like the idea is to say, I got enough to think about. It's that simple. I, I don't, I don't give a shit. I look fat. I look thin. I got enough to think about. That over time, I swear it becomes more natural. It's just a shock to the system to reprogram it when you've had decades of another system instilled in there. You won't believe it at first. It just, it takes that repetition. So I may, what did I write here even? Look as good as you want to look that day. Give it as much energy as you want, you know, but focus on the, on the outcome of it being an afterthought. If you like it, good. If you don't like it, just go through your day. It's whatever. You're not here to look good. Like you weren't put on this earth to look attractive to people at all times. It's wild. Think about if none of this um, progression exists. It's a loose term these days. But like, think about if we were, I watch Naked and Afraid every night. I'm obsessed with it. All my clients hear about it. But think about if like, for some reason, we were all living like that, right? Do you think these people who are literally eating termites out of a nest for nourishment, do you think they give a shit how they look? Like it would be the last thing on everyone's mind. And I guarantee you, not everyone would be thin living in the same situation on naked and afraid. They had a, a, a survivalist with Hashimoto's their counterpart lost like close to 40 pounds in the time that they were out there. She lost like 15. Neither of them had food. So I think about this a lot where I'm like, listen, what does it fucking matter? If I can't change it, I can't change it. But like, I am so done with this bullshit. Like I would talk shit against the thoughts in my head to be like, this is a waste of time. You know, and I was just going to say something. This doesn't mean with illness that you shouldn't be feeling like bad about symptoms if you're exhausted on the couch, if you're in pain, those are things to work on. And illness acceptance is the direction you go in then, but pay attention to connecting how you look with how you feel. If you're gonna work on how you feel and changing that, don't dedicate any energy towards how you look right now. You're giving it all to how you feel because when you feel better, you will look different, right? Yeah, I wrote it here again in capitals. So the less you give a shit about weight loss, the more weight you will lose. I have no ulterior motives in telling you that. Y'all hired me to tell you my method to show you how to get balanced. And I, I swear that is the number one tip. The less you give a shit about losing weight, the more weight you will lose. This is where I used to get annoyed by this, but like law of attraction enters the chat. Because I have to fucking wonder if I believe that what you, what you really think is yours and is attainable, you will attract in some weird way, however it works. Why would it not apply to this? If I'm sitting here thinking and picking on every little thing that's wrong or how long it's been since any results have come or how fat you feel or how lazy you feel or how this blah, blah, blah. What, that's not going to attract our, we're not going to attract someone to come save us out of that. That's just where we're going to stay. And I have to feel like that impacts results because I have fallen back. Like after the pandemic, 
I fell back into that same pattern of like, oh my God, it was too good to be true. I knew that this was going to go this way. I'm such a fraud. I have people depending on me. I've been, I've built, you know, a whole business and platform on this. Like, oh my, why am I hung up on my weight? I shouldn't, it was a mess. As soon as I got my head right. And I said, you know what? I don't give a shit. I'm as soon as the thought came into nitpick, I'd say, nope, we're not thinking about that today. Don't give a shit what my thighs are doing. Like I really resisted it as hard as I could at first. And then it got easy and it, I just didn't think of it anymore. And clothes started getting big again. Same thing as last time. The less we give a shit and the more we focus on health instead, then our body's going to get freaking healthy. You know, it's just going to follow suit. So last point I have before I give you my biggest Oh no, I already told you. Yeah. Act like you're allergic to weight loss content. That's my biggest tool for you. Act like you are absolutely allergic to weight loss content, to any accounts that make you feel bad about yourself, to discussions that involve weight. If a friend wants to enter into some innocent banter about how you're going to eat less or you're going to work out like crazy or whatever, just be like, oh, good for you. Let me know how that goes and change the topic. Allergic allergic. We don't allow it in our space. We guard this energy in this space, right? Because you're trying to focus on health. So allergic. <laughs> um, and the last point I had written here was, I wonder how healthy we'd all be as a society if all of this was instilled at a young age. Because in cultures where they don't put a high emphasis on weight, they put an emphasis on quality of ingredients, quality of life, activity daily, because it's good for you, you know, things like that it's a whole different setup, right? So, and again, Minnesota starvation experiment, I wonder if none of us ever had any encounter with body shame, food shame, nothing. I wonder how much illness would still be present, mental or physical, you know? So, and let's see, let me read the chat. Make sure I miss anything. The I don't give a fuck moment, absolutely, or method, moment, method, whatever, absolutely. You know, that that's what this should be because you have a lot of things you have to give an, I feel like I cursed so much this video. You have a lot of things that you have to give an F about in your day to day that you didn't choose, but you have to deal with it. There's people that depend on you. You want to enjoy your life. You know, there's a lot. Why does this have any place right now? It doesn't need to. Love it. The ID or the IDGAF method. Mm -hmm. I should come up with an acronym for that. I don't know. It's just another one of my acronyms. But um, I used to lose weight super quickly when I was younger, but everything changed when pregnancy, chronic illness, disability, hormones, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. That happens. Um, like when I was younger, I was very disordered. I didn't think it was disordered at the time, but I was. And I, my weight yo-yoed until it didn't like my weight, I could drop it pretty easily. And then I would binge and then it would be a nightmare to get back to where I was quote unquote, which ugh, why would I, I don't would want to be back there, but you know, that's the, the constant merry-go-round that I was on. And then one day it didn't matter how little I ate. My body was like, no more. We're keeping you alive. Even though I felt like I was dying, <laughs> but like I already barely eat. It probably would just make me more inflamed to be out there in the wild, you know, but I've also thought about that where I'm like, 
we kind of like, if I don't work at it, I could go all day without eating. And if we were trying to utilize this adrenal function, I, I don't even know. I, you know, without the diabetes, I'd probably kill it in that competition, but not in the bed. I'd have a really rough time coming home, but I think about these things as I watch this show. It's ridiculous. I love it. I honestly unfollowed at least 30 Instagram pages that I no longer align with. I love it. Congratulations. That's the best weight loss of all um, that I relate to uh, with that relate to health. Yeah. If I'm going to scroll, I'm not able to let my mind be directed back into that cycle of maybe if I just do what they say, it'll work. Exactly. And remember, if what they said worked, it wouldn't be a multi-billion dollar a year industry full of repeat customers. None of it really works if it doesn't forever, you know? It's so freeing. That is my hope for everyone. Okay, so... Last thing I want to say, I mentioned this last month at some point that I wanted to do a CCA version of 75 hard. Um, it's coming. Um, it's coming the next few weeks. It's going to be called 75 real. And the goal is not for it to be easy in terms of like, like it's still going to require effort. It's still going to require direction and work, but the things itself are about deeper things. I, I don't want to give too much away, but, but it's my version of 75 hard. Um, and I am really, really excited to introduce it to you guys. So just get ready for that in case you're feeling like, yeah, this is all nice, but I feel like I need some kind of a boost. Like that old all or nothing mindset is craving that dopamine of getting like all in on something. Well, in the next couple of weeks, I will be rolling out 75 real. So look out for that. But proud of you guys. You guys are all amazing. Please do not let your worth be tied up in your muffin tops, right? Like none of it should matter right now. What matters is having a life that feels good to live. And what matters is the impact you have in the people around you and attractiveness in the society, in society's eyes is like one thing you can keep off your plate. All right. But I don't expect this convo to be the solution. So text me if you feel really conflicted after this. All right. But enjoy your night. Bye guys.